Greetings and welcome back to My Life Not Yours. I'm Tina and I hope you'll enjoy listening to this week's episode. Oh my goodness me, people. I am still suffering the effects of COVID. Can you believe it? I know you may be sick to death of me talking about it, but I'm sick to the teeth of still being breathless, coming up 10 steps, feeling a bit woozy and lightheaded. Anyway, I'm not going to go on about it, but this COVID thing is not a joke, people. Be careful. And yeah, hopefully my antibodies are now really good because I've I've had it, but I just want to be tip-top and 100%. So I'm sorry to start off this episode with a moan, but the rest of it hopefully will make you laugh. So this week's session, <laughs> I'm making it sound like counselling, aren't I? This week's psychotherapy is all about the traffic light system. Now this episode is entitled Travel Bug because let me tell you something, I love travelling and not having been away since 2019, I got bugs in my pants. And in the UK at the moment and probably around the rest of the world as well, not just us, there is this whole switching and swapping of traffic light systems. By that I mean some countries are deemed in the red zone, some have been in amber and some are green light and it's all to do with whether you have to isolate in a really expensive hotel and the number of fucking PCR and lateral flow tests you have to take. And just this week in the UK the government Remember, we've got a buffoon as our prime minister, and I know he won't be listening to this podcast, so I'm going to call him i uh, I'm going to call him a buffoon. And along with his government, they have now abandoned all the traffic light system apart from there. Our country's on a red list, and then basically you can travel kind of freely to most of the other ones. So they say. The joke about it is, it doesn't matter what we do; it's what other countries will do when you arrive at their border. Take New Zealand and Australia. They are not letting in anybody in and to cap it all what's really funny this week is people are flocking to book holidays now our next big school holiday time is october mid-october the prices are so inflated and i know the demand is being created and the airlines have missed out for nearly two years but they're taking the piss to be honest guess what i'm going to be patient because in 2020 i was supposed to go with a very good friend of mine to indonesia And I was really annoyed because we knew it was going to have to be cancelled. I mean, Indonesia, by the way, is on our red list still. And so we never got to go. And we were both disappointed. It was my friend's big birthday. I was celebrating a birthday just before. But to be honest with you, I have to give thanks for being here another year. But it means I haven't left British soil since November 2019 when I was in New York and I'm really feeling it you know I'm really really feeling it so I thought let me talk about my travel excursions that I've been on and what they've meant to me over the years because basically I'm like a bloody big kid when I go away the excitement means I never sleep we have this advert once in this country it's like are we nearly there yet dad and I am like that so I guess the early years paved the way for traveling to destinations for me learning about culture eating different foods experiencing different climates and just anywhere that's out of England and I I just absolutely love it but that's not to say that I have not experienced my own country in the early years when I was younger I do recall a lot of homestay holidays aka 
a staycation. There were day trips to places like the Isle of Wight that had the sea and there's a really nasty town called Western Supermare which is in the southwest of England near a place called Bristol and I used to live not far from there and they nicknamed it Western Super Mud because every time the, the tide came in you were just walking around in mud not sand but we used to go there a lot cheap and cheerful and I think it was with some of the children's homes that I was in and the foster families we used to go to Scotland Wales and there was this horrible camp that I used to go to called Butlins where you get all these silly people in red coats and outfits doing the entertainment and I've got this fantastic black and white picture of me sitting with a white family and I'm six years old just looking up thinking what the fuck is this there's this dining hall in this photograph that's got about 600 people it's like one of those all-inclusive things that is absolute hell on earth but yeah so I went to get old Butlins and it's a place where they've got chalets you eat in these main dining halls and then you have all this really cheesy entertainment but apparently back in the day Butlins holiday camp was the place to be hmm funny memory that but it's mainly from the photograph. I was only six. My fondest memory when I was younger was actually going with my very last foster family who um, had this great Range Rover at the time and we drove to France and it it was in the south of France and we went to stay with some of their friends next door and what is really funny that in the pictures I've got these tight drainpipe jeans on I recall by the time I was about 13 my feet were quite big and you can see these horrible man shoes at the bottom of my drainpipe trousers and I've got really short hair I just look like some boy dressed up I don't know I wasn't even dressed up I look like a boy with tits at 13 it's really weird but I recall that being pretty much my first overseas trip I'm sure of it but I could be wrong because I think with the very first family I lived with I went to Ibiza in Spain but I don't remember a thing about it no I did I went to Ibiza but the one that I can remember is going with the last foster parents I had when we went to France do you know the most agonizing thing about it is I was the eldest of their children. So you're going away with them. Their children, one of them, we used to just clash all the time. And she was probably, I don't know, about nine years younger than me, 10 years younger than me. So it wasn't the greatest in terms of that. And plus we drove and it was just long. It was so long. And I did feel a bit bored. And I think it's because they didn't really realise that when you take kids away, you've got to find activities for them. And they weren't really that kind of couple. You know, most people, when you take your kids away, you think, right, let's go because it'd be good for this or good. No. All I remember is a lot of whining and dining and hanging around. I think there was one day at the beach and that was it. So it was all very bizarre, but I remember it being really hot. And I think aside from France, what was really nice when I was younger is having the awareness of the rest of the UK because I talk to some young people now they haven't a clue what towns or areas there are in England and look I'm not knocking the UK we've got England Ireland and Scotland which make up the UK some people haven't and Wales and people have not even been to them 
They couldn't even tell you half the places. It's, it, we're not America. We're America. Oh my God, one day I just have to do a road trip. Not now, because my black life really does matter. But one day. <laughs> sorry, I just had to get that in. For all my American audience, I am sorry. But I do feel a little bit nervous, even though I've, even though I've been to America quite a few times and different parts as well. I quite enjoyed going around the UK finding out a lot more than what a lot of people don't know. And I think this year I would have been quite happy to have a staycation. But again, because of COVID, everybody overinflated their prices and I just refused to pay. I refused to pay these kind of, you know, I'm not rich. I refuse to pay these overinflated prices to go anywhere, if I'm honest with you. But um, not only that, because it's making me sound like a tight bugger, but they were all booked up because people have got children. They've got to try and get them out when it comes to school holidays. That was my early years. And um, yeah, there wasn't an abundance of holidays and the children's homes, forget it. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. I think one of the children's homes, it was the Isle of Wight trip. And it was horrible for me because I think, I mean, this is pre-12. I think I got into my womanly monthly and it was just horrible because oh god anyway so that was that moving on one thing that was exciting for me and how I really grew up around travel was through my sport athletics it really was time to grow up because you've got no one taking you to an airport not that I had that much experience before that remember having your passport meeting a team and then off you go and everything from a training camp to competitions Austria Holland Germany Spain I did quite a bit of Europe which I really enjoyed doing and it was so nice to be there with a big team of people but one trip in particular I remember is going to Tenerife and it was a training squad it's a training weekend week and uh, there were loads of us all on the beach and there were a lot of black athletes in this particular group and I remember (laughs) I think we started to get into an argument with some Germans on the beach who wanted to get into something that was funny but apart from that the camaraderie I absolutely loved it. And I think this is my taste of going to these places, but you also were there for a purpose. I think it taught me that I never wanted to go on holiday and just be like lying on the beach, sitting in the sun, having a drink, having food and doing nothing else because the culture of going to another place and getting to know the locals is really important to me. Not that I got that on my athletics trip, but I did get an insight into that. So moving on um, from the sports travel, although I have to say that I went with a boyfriend once to Holland. He was a international badminton player so he played for England and we went over for one of his um, matches that was bloody interesting because I was just like teen can you carry the bag teen I've got to be here there was it was just awful anyway I don't know why I even mentioned that moving on to memorable trips oh god this reminds me of if you haven't listened to the podcast Alan Carr the chatty man speaks to loads of celebrities about where they've gone and what's been important to them on their trip. Are they divas? Do they complain? I think you become a connoisseur, don't you, when you go abroad. But I think my most memorable year was going away seven times, three times to the Caribbean, skiing, a couple of trips in Europe. It was amazing. I love it. I just love it I can't tell you how I feel that my holiday starts a when I've booked it I think oh my god I'm going away and say if it's two months or whatever and then when it actually gets 
to a couple of days before my worst nightmare is packing and it's got worse as I've got older because I want to have the change of clothes I don't want to be confined to one white t-shirt or one dress pair of shorts and a pair of jeans and one pair of flip-flops one going out nah when I go away I want the choice which gets me into a whole lot of bother however putting the packing aside whether I'm going away with somebody or going on my own it's when I get to the airport once I've checked in I'm smiling because I try to get an upgrade but they just take one look at me up and down in my tracksuit and think you're not getting upgraded so that ends that little bit of um flirtatious travel can you upgrade me please and um off I go once I've got rid of that suitcase I am absolutely excited however there was a one time when I went to America and and it was at Christmas it was a nightmare I was going out to stay with a partner at the time we got to Washington Dulles and I remember thinking why is my suitcase out in the open and I checked in it was absolutely packed and I was so excited to be going to that part of America I was actually going on from there midwest not so nice there was just this Christmassy feeling whilst I've done New York at Christmas which is another level it was so nice to be in a different part of the states all the excitement in the airport and I kept seeing my suitcase with loads of others cut a long story short I had two changes by the time I got off on the last change I was the last one in the baggage hall which was also the entrance to the airport because I was staying in the midwest it was a small airport my luggage didn't come and it's the first time from whenever I started traveling abroad with a suitcase that my luggage has been lost. And you know, I just wanted to sit down and start crying. <laughs> I was pathetic. I couldn't think straight. I'm thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? It had loads of Christmas presents in it. You can imagine, right? I'm going out there for Christmas. Not that Christmas is the main kind of festivity for Americans. It's Thanksgiving, but all the same. You know, I learned something from that trip because everything from really nice jewellery, it was all in this suitcase I don't think I even brought a pull along if I had a pull along it was because it had a few Christmas presents in it so by the time I got picked up by my partner at the time he could see I was distressed and all I could think about was I have no clean knickers I have no toothbrush the presents are in the the main suitcase I was just distraught and you know I could not concentrate for nearly 48 hours I got my stuff back after going to bloody um Walmart and buying some nasty old cheap knickers and a bra and a toothbrush and he was brilliant I mean he kept finding the airport and it was where he lived was just over an hour and a half drive and we literally went and picked up my stuff and I was I could then start living my holiday but why that was memorable and it was horrible so some of the good trips I've had, Portugal or Portugal in Europe. And this was quite a new thing at the time, but a friend's sister announced that her boss had given her his villa for five days for her hem weekend. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. We hired cars and this was when I was probably in my early 30s. That's a long time ago, but it was just really nice. But what I learned is this, it's nice having a villa, but as I've got to experience, I think we cooked one night. Who wants to go shopping when you're abroad? Who wants to do all of that? So all these people have got these holiday homes and I don't know, when you're on holiday, I don't want to do all the stuff I do at home. I don't know about you, but um, it was nice and we did eat out a lot, but also... <laughs> 
it's kind of peppered with I like eating out but I also like home cooked stuff but it's not the same when you're in another country because the way they cook their food is different to how you would probably do it but yeah I think um, for villas Airbnbs and stuff like that whoever's coming with me they're on cooking duties if they can cook or you get someone who can cook <laughs> so Portugal is fantastic I've been there quite a few times in my life again when you're younger you tend to go for these all inclusive things where it's seeing people gorge themselves to death on food but the waste I find it quite distressing but I went out for an all inclusive with um, my best friend at the time and the funny part about it is that it wasn't to the last day that we found the swimming pool I don't know how that happened but we found the swimming pool and so we sat out there on the last day and it was just bizarre because we've been going to the beach and I love the beach but getting sand all at your crack is not nice or whatever it gets up that sounded a bit coarse didn't it Mm, sorry about that Barcelona is anybody not been to Barcelona you need to go and especially to see the Gaudi building alone but this trip particularly took me out of my comfort zone because my friend had said, well, the accommodation's not booked. I've just got his flights because I've got a cheap deal. She found a, a cheap deal with flights, booked it. Now, I realised from this trip, I like everything in its place, i.e. I want to know where I'm staying. I want to know everything. We didn't. And as a consequence, when we got to Barcelona, the flight got in at a late time. Again, we were mid-30s. You know, when you don't really care. I ain't doing none of that shit now when you arrive somewhere like Barcelona at half 11 at night and you haven't got any accommodation we were lugging our suitcases up and down this fantastic well-known district or street called La Ramblas she would run up have a look in the accommodation the key things we would look for is bathroom and look at the room because I think we were going for cheap because we were only there for three days so we shared a bathroom and I said check the plug hole for pubic hairs check <laughs> I know this is gross, but I'm really funny with shit like this. Check everything. Anyway, we found a room which was actually on La Ramblas. We had to share a bathroom and and the bathroom was okay, actually, because I think there weren't that many people staying in there. But am I doing that again? Hell fucking no. And actually, I don't know what happened one day, but the owner just came barging in. My friend went mad. <laughs> Luckily, we were dressed. I think we were lying on our bed before we were going out. But aside from that, Barcelona's lovely but I'm not doing that again. I don't actually mind booking the first part of an accommodation for a trip, I've decided. And then afterwards, you know, you can just be a bit like an intrepid traveller. But to arrive on those silly flights, there's a reason when things are cheap. You get up at four o'clock in the morning and you arrive somewhere at 11.30 at night. Mm. Okay, some of the best trips have been skiing. Yeah, I can ski people, I can ski. And there was a hundred strong group that I used to go with. And it was amazing. Now that excitement nearly gave me a heart attack. You get to the airport, there's nearly a hundred of you. You're on the plane making a lot of noise and then you get to the resort. Oh, it was fabulous. I really enjoyed skiing and I skied in France, Italy. I would love to do Colorado. So if anybody wants to put me up in the States, I want to do Colorado, but I haven't skied for a long time and I think I need to do a weekend away. So I've kind of talked about America a little bit with the disaster, but the other side of that, the flip side, a lot of my family live in Brooklyn and I remember never having met my um, family and and I had a fantastic time meeting them way back when and just really enjoying 
America at the time. And I went all over and of course I loved the shopping. So my bags, I don't know how I've always done it, you know, but I take the piss when I go away. Always really heavy, a really heavy sticker gets stuck on my suitcase and um, I'll squash in anything that I can. Also, I took a bit of a gamble one year and I'd been on this dating site and would you believe when you have no fear the things that you do so I've been talking to this guy online I feel absolutely horrendous telling the story now but I'm gonna tell it because I don't want anybody else to do it but I've met this guy online and you know I went out to Washington not the same one from before guys not the same one from before that was a partner (laughs) but this guy was in Maryland and you know I went out to meet him And luckily for me, I've got a guardian angel because he wasn't, he didn't do anything bad or anything like that. And he was living with his friend, a a woman. She wasn't his girlfriend, definitely not. But it was just, oh my God, they didn't really have any food in the house. I had to sleep on the sofa because we didn't really get on like that. Things went on, but not like that. And it was so boring. They had no money. Fucking hell. I remember calling my aunt saying, how do I get a grey hand from Maryland to New York? And yet I was so scared to do that in big old America, I just stuck it out. And I didn't tell one of my best friends until I came back and she went absolutely ballistic. And she said, what happened? Something's happened to you. Nobody knew. We thought you were all going out to be with family. So there you go. Don't do something stupid like that. But I had no fear. I had no fear at all. Suffice to say... That guy, I didn't really speak to him again after that. He's a bit of a twit. And yeah, Egypt. Oh my God. Egypt is amazing. Don't believe the fucking horror stories. I mean, there have been some really bad horror stories in Egypt, but I went again, early 30s with a bu- my first time. I've been three times with a bunch of girlies and it was just amazing. And I just think the pyramids are a sight to behold. The, um, the Sphinx. Oh my gosh, these things have all been hand-built, people. And if you're into diving, you can go to the Red Sea side of it. But we stayed in Luxor, which was amazing. We had a little cruise down the Nile. It all felt very biblical and but we went at the wrong time of year. I think it was around April, May. All you gotta do is check when you don't go to Egypt. It must have been 40 degrees. And one day we were out on the rooftop pool in Luxor, sunbathing. And I thought, yeah, I'm dark skinned, I'm a black woman, I'm not gonna get sunstroke. By five o'clock in the evening, I couldn't stop vomiting. Also, I must have eaten a chicken that looked like it had been running around the streets for days. <laughs> I was so ill. But the good thing about Egypt at the time, you could go to a pharmacy and just buy drugs over the counter. No prescription. And so within about 24 hours, I was all right. But I didn't eat any meat or anything like that again. And I covered up. And there's a picture of me coming out of Tutankhamun's tomb. And if it wasn't for the illuminous green vest I'm wearing... You wouldn't be able to see me. I am that dark. And it was funny because we were going around the pyramids, which, oh my God, I feel breathless even talking about it. It's a sight to behold. Whereby my friends got on camels to walk around. Well, I'm allergic to hair. I've talked about this in another podcast. I'm allergic to hair, people. So this guy with these rotten teeth. I mean, they're all yellow. They look like been smoking a cigar in every gap of your teeth. They were just nasty. And I, I think they chew on something, somebody told me. Anyway, he said, uh, we go in my horse and carriage and later we make love under the stars. 
turned to him and said, not with them teeth, we're not. And actually, regardless of teeth, we're not doing anything. Just take me in your horse and carriage. So I was like Lady Muck while my friends were bobbling up and down with camels spitting at them. And <laughs> I was in my horse and carriage going around the pyramids and it was beautiful. Oh my God, it was just beautiful. So Egypt, I've been there three times. I've been to different parts. Cairo is really dirty, dusty, but that's where the pyramids are. Luxor is where you get the Larnac Temple and then you've got the Red Seaside. So it is beautiful, but yeah, stuff has kicked off over there. But just always remember there's stuff where your country may say, yeah, we advise you not to go there. But yeah, I don't think we had any problems when I went. So a couple of other great things I've done, and I think I'm gonna have to do part two of this travel series because I'm not halfway through my podcast. So I might just finish on this little one and we'll do uh, travel bug part two. I went to the Greek islands with another boyfriend at the time. So the excitement of going with him, do you know, by day two, we weren't talking to each other. And I had this vision, forget America, when I lost my luggage, that was only in 2012, 2012, 2013. This is way, way, way back before then. Again, mid thirties, maybe maybe no it wasn't it was late 20s late 20s because I was with this guy for nine years we went to the Greek islands and he actually knew some people out there so we got this apartment and I don't know what happened but it was just shit and I had this image of a romantic beautiful holiday and it was awful we ended up arguing and doing our own thing for a whole week the apartment that we were in was shit and I remember going out with him on a moped and we crashed because he was playing silly buggers and it was just awful and I can't remember which Greek high oh it was Cos we went to Cos and I think we went out of season so it was dead he booked all this it was dead no one around and we hung out with his friend a little bit and ate at her dad's restaurant all the time because it was cheap my boyfriend was a cheap asshole. there you go so what I want to say about this part of um travel is I have really enjoyed my experiences I have more to share with you next time and there are some horror stories that I have to share with you so I'm going to save it and savor it and with that I'm going to sign off and come back with part two because you're gonna love it take care and if you haven't thought about getting away I don't think I'll be getting away till 2022 if I'm honest with you although I think Christmas might be a nice time but I'm just gonna watch prices because they are taking the mick at the moment but with that people stay safe and if you are traveling be mindful be mindful of who you're coming into contact with but have fun I mean life is too short and I do feel sorry for all those people that may have problems with flying or not being able to get on a plane and whatever because it really does limit you but I just love it if I could spend my whole time traveling I probably would and some of you may be saying well why don't you what's stopping you but we'll come on to part two and I'll give you a little bit more insight take care